Chuck and Bonnie Ness were in Africa for 38 plus years. They were in the nation of Kenya. They also visited other countries in East Africa. It is Dr. and Mrs. Chuck Next if you want to be formal. They are educators. They educated the people of Africa into the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Chuck, I don't want to steal your stuff, but we welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. Would you give him a hand, please? No, oh, there, there I am, okay. You know, I know that you people carry, most of you carry your phones in your pocket. Well, I'm afraid to do that because I'm afraid I might sit on it or I might lose it or something. So I'm old-fashioned. I have, one, you know, one of these holsters that I have to carry mine in. Before I got that and before I got the protection, I dropped it and, whoop. And so anyway, well, anyway, I, you know, I'm, I'm halfway tech-savvy, uh, <laughs> You know, today I have my uh, Kindle here, uh, but I also have my real Bible. No. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you, and thank you, Heritage Church, for uh, welcoming, welcoming us, making us feel a part of this church, for allowing us to worship with you. Uh, we just thank you so much uh, for making us feel at home and all of you that that you have done to make us uh, feel a part of the family. Uh, we, we just thank you very much. Uh, thanks to Pastor Brian, Pastor Dav, and Pastor Jim Davenport, and to you, the people of Heritage, for your faithful financial and prayer support. This church partnered with us for almost 40 years. In fact, uh, you know, I, I, I'm still going through some of my records, and I went back and I found out that at least by October of 1975, this church, in the name of Evergreen and Bethel, at that time, uh, contributed to the ministry uh, in Kenya and East Africa. So thank you so much for all that you have done. Through your faithful uh, prayer support and financial support, you've allowed us to have a small part in training thousands of nationals in Kenya, Tanzania, and Ethiopia to reach their people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and in turn, train their people uh, to reach others. And so we want to thank you for that. Now, um, before I show you a picture of, you know, an updated picture, you know, most of the time when we would come as missionaries, we would show you pictures of our kids, you know, our family. And uh, you know, we have three children. Uh, we have two, two sons that are missionaries. Uh, Mike and his wife, Carrie, are, are in the Democratic Republic of Congo. They were in Tanzania for 15 years, uh, but now they're there in, in, the, in the DRC, uh, ministering there and also ministering throughout Africa because Mike works with a task force for children's ministries. And just recently, he was in Gabon. Uh, they, they, he's traveled to various countries to help National churches develop children's ministries, and so we thank the Lord for what he's doing through them. Chris and Heidi uh, have ministered. They ministered in Zambia for over eight years. Uh, then they felt the Lord calling them to Sudan, and so they went there, uh, 
And when they told me that they were going to Sudan, I said, well, if God has called you, you better go. But if he hasn't, you're crazy. Uh, you know. And uh, so anyway, uh, they went there, and they were there for three years, ministered. Uh, uh, they lived in Khartoum uh, because that's where their children went to school, and Chris uh, worked in, in that area and also in southern Sudan, uh, developing children's ministries uh, and, and holding seminars to, to train children's workers. Uh, after three years, they couldn't get their work permit renewed, and that was the way the, the uh, country of Sudan was uh, using to get rid of Christians. In fact, some were put in prison for a while, but uh, they were able to come out. They lived in Nairobi for nine months, so we enjoyed that, having them with us. Uh, but uh, Chris uh, would go back to South Sudan and hold uh, training seminars for children's workers, uh, even while he was in Nairobi. They came back to the States and then went to Ethiopia. They were there for a little over two years, and then had to come back to the States because Heidi became very sick, uh, and uh, the, the doctors said it would take two to three years for her to recover, uh, and thank the Lord she is recovering, yeah. and uh, we praise the Lord for that, and, and uh, they, they uh, even, even while they were here, they were on medical for a year, but they couldn't continue that way, and so they allowed them to continue in Africa. Chris worked on a, a, a spearheading some children's uh, curriculum for Africa uh, during the, the second year, and now he's itinerating. And so he'll be around. Uh, he'll be in touch with your pastor, uh, and uh, they're getting ready to go to Europe. Pray. They're, even now, they're in Europe visiting a couple places, asking the Lord to uh, help them determine his will for where he wants them to go. But they're going to be working with marginalized people with uh, refugees and uh, immigrants from North Africa. And so they'll continue to work for, uh, for, with Africans. And uh, the, this is a desperate need. There are thousands and thousands of refugees and immigrants coming into Europe. And uh, uh, we talked to Chris a little bit just uh, yesterday or the day before. Yesterday it was. And, uh, you know, they, they, they saw Nigerians. They saw uh, people from uh, Zambia even and other countries in Africa and uh, that, that are in Europe as refugees. And so pray that the Lord will direct them and uh, that he'll lead them in this new uh, and exciting ministry and the Lord will be with them. Our daughter, Charbonne, uh, she's a missionary in the Washington, D.C. area. No, actually, you know, uh, her, her husband was in the Navy for 20 years and then he retired. And uh, after he retired, he now, he's now working for the government, doing the same thing. He was a master diver, master chief. Uh, and uh, anyway, he's, uh, he's still uh, working with the Navy, but uh, uh, as a civilian, making a lot more money, you know, using your taxpayer money. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, he, uh, the Lord is with them, and uh, we, we're going to get the chance on our way back home to go and visit them for a week, uh, two weekends, and have an early Christmas. So we thank the Lord for the way he's at work in their lives. Well, the pictures of our grandkids, because, you know, they're, they're the most important now uh, <laughs> for us grand, <laughs> grandparents. Uh, you know, so we have uh, actually six there. We, we have seven all together because we adopted one. Uh, our oldest grandson, Josh, is married uh, to Taylor, and uh, so Josh and Taylor uh, were with us for a family get-together, and then, and then we have uh, Larissa, Braylon, and Caleb, and also Katie, uh, uh, Mike and Carrie's daughter, and uh, so we, 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 were, uh, we enjoyed having them and a family get-together this past summer, 
And uh, next summer, we're going to have one with everybody, hopefully. Our, our daughter and son-in-law and granddaughter were going to come. But when I called to say, well, are uh, you know, confirmed so I can arrange for lodging, she said, well, yeah, we're going on vacation, but we're not coming there. I said, what? Uh, I said, I don't, think I don't think your mom wants to talk to you. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but she said, you know, they, they sponsor, they live close to the Naval Academy, and so they sponsor cadets, and uh, so they, uh, these cadets were graduating. John got to receive their first salute, and, uh, and so they, they, their families got together and raised money for them to go on a vacation. And uh, they ended up going to Puerto Rico and had a great time. And I said, okay, we'll forgive you, but you must sign in blood that you're coming this next year. <laughs> so pray that they'll be able to come out together for a family get-together this year. Well, anyway, that's our grandkids. Let me just share quickly a little bit about our ministry. Uh, uh, as you've already heard, we've been in, we, we arrived in Kenya in 1977. We were there for 38 years. And... Uh, uh, during that time, we had the privilege of helping, uh, working with other missionaries and other nationals uh, to, uh, to uh, see the church grow. In fact, it, it, it grew from 300 uh, churches at that time to now over 4,000 churches. And so we thank the Lord for what he's doing. Because of that, of course, they need training, and that's what we were primarily involved in. Uh, first of all, in 1980, we uh, began what's now known as the Kenya Assembly of God Extension Bible School. There were 70 students in that first uh, session. Uh, currently, there are over 750 students in training uh, in 21 centers. The National Church took that over, and they've expanded it throughout Kenya. And so there have been, uh, from 1985 to 2017, 2,110 graduates. And then three years later, we started what was a residential school in Swahili uh, there in western Kenya in Kisumu. And we had students from different tribes, uh, Turkana, Maasai. You've seen the Maasai who jumped so high. Anyway, they were in there and they struggled. Some of them, they didn't even know how to read and write in Swahili, but we were able to help them. Uh, and uh, they went through the program, graduated, and now they're pastoring churches. Some of them are leaders in districts. Some of them are teaching in our extension Bible school. In 1989, we went to Nairobi, the capital city, and began teaching at East Africa School of Theology. Bonnie taught there for 15 years. I taught for the first six years, then became involved again with the Extension Bible School, and then later Global University, or ICI, our Assemblies of God Distance Ed University. And uh, uh, anyway, at East, there have been over 2,000 graduates who are pastors, teachers, district, and national leaders. And then in 1996, uh, they asked us to work with uh, a graduate program because many of the you know, students, young people, uh, Africans want to come, uh, they come to America to get graduate education, but it's hard to get them back sometimes. And so uh, we started graduate programs, and we had students from Ethiopia, Kenya, Rwanda, Sudan, Tanzania, Uganda, and even the island of Mauritius. And uh, then in October of 2007, we began a campus uh, in Dodoma, Tanzania. And we have, we've had 188 graduates uh, from those two centers that are now uh, in their countries. Some of them are missionaries in other countries. Some of them are national leaders, pastors and teachers in Bible schools. Let me tell you the story about one of these graduates, Reverend Harris Kichui and his wife Florence. Harris was born in 1955, and, uh, or no, 1949. Uh, and he was born in, you know, uh, he had a Christian heritage because his grandparents were converts to Christianity in 1906. 
Harris, though, was not following the Lord as a young person, but at the age of about 26, when he was ready to go on a drinking spree, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior through a tract that uh, men of, of some of our churches have provided uh, through, through their ministry. He joined our Nairobi Christian Center, our, one of our first AG churches in the, in the city of Nairobi, uh, and uh, he, he was uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Harris worked for the Kenya government. He worked in Kenya. He also worked in Swaz- uh, Switzerland, in Italy, and in Canada. And so, uh, he, you know, he had, he had great influence uh, in, in the Kenya government, and God used him in that way. But in 1996, he joined in full-time ministry and ministers in churches in Kenya and in other countries. In 2003, from 2003 to 2006, he serves as an associate pastor in Nairobi Christian Center, Bahati, where at that time, Reverend Peter and Jerry, our general superintendent, was the senior pastor. He also served as national director for men's ministries in the KAG, as well as director of development for the Kenya Assemblies of God educational system. And uh, in 1998, he had a dream. And in that dream, he saw himself as a pastor of a vibrant church in Garden Estate, Nairobi. And that's the area where we lived when we, while we were in Nairobi. In March of 2008, 10 years later, he was asked to plant a church in Garden Estate, Nairobi. And so we began prayer meetings in our home with Pastor Harris and his wife Florence and a few other people in 2008. And uh, even as we were praying, Harris began raising funds for the construction of the church building. The KG owned, and we'll, we'll, let's look at the next uh, slide. The KG owned a, a property in that area already. A missionary had raised funds for it, and a tabernacle had been put up on the property. But Harris began construction. Because before he started church there, he wanted some walls up. It was in September. In fact, September 21st of 2008, we were at Heritage out in Hazeldale in a service on a Sunday night and uh, sharing with you and sharing with you this uh, challenge and what was being done. And uh, this church had a board meeting well, even at the end of the service right there, uh, right in the front, and said, can we give $10,000? And you did. And so that's what happened. They continued construction. Let's look quickly at what happened. They continued construction. Uh, and, uh, and then here, the next slide, you see uh, this is what you, they had. Uh, and they now have a growing church of about 200 adults and 150 children. And God is, is using them in a tremendous way. There's just a sign. And then here's the parking lot now. You'll see all the cars, you know, uh, parked there. There's a, let, let, another view of, of the building. Let's uh, look at that one. Oh, there's the inside. Uh, and they've done even some more work with that. They have fans there now and so forth. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, here's, here's a, they've put up some shrubs and look, a beautiful building. Uh, and we thank the Lord for what, here's a, they added a pastor's office and, uh, uh, to, the, to the back of it. And then uh, an, another church uh, helped put up a, a, a building uh, for the children. So they have a children's uh, uh, church. And so 
we thank the Lord for what he's doing in and through Pastor Harris and his wife, Florence. And this church had a part. This is your heritage church uh, in Africa. Praise the Lord. Now, they call it, uh, uh, they call it New Beginnings Garden Christian Center. Uh, you know, and, uh, and there's, a, there's history. I don't have time to tell you the history of that. But anyway, uh, that's the church that you had a tremendous part in. So we thank the Lord for what he's doing. In addition to pastoring, Pastor Harris also continues to work with education at KG East University. God is using him uh, in a tremendous way. They've also planted another church. Uh, one of, they have three associate pastors, and one of their pastors uh, uh, has gone and started another church uh, they helped plant. And so we praise the Lord for what he's doing. Well, praise God. Amen. 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 Uh, he's good. He continues. Amen. amen. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm rethinking life after 75. Uh, uh, and, uh, 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 you know, we, we returned, uh, uh, you know, from Kenya in June of, uh, of 2015. But I've gone back uh, to Africa three times, two times to Tanzania, one to Kenya to teach a course. And now both Bonnie and I are going back. Uh, in, in, we leave Wednesday uh, to go back to Kenya uh, and uh, Tanzania. We're going to attend their graduation and pray with us. It's going to be a fast trip. Uh, but then we'll be in Kenya. Bonnie will be attending a, a, a women's conference. And that's even been changed a bit. So we got to adjust our schedule. Uh, but, and then I'll be teaching a graduate course. So thank the Lord uh, for the opportunity that he's given us to minister. I'm going to ask Bonnie to come at this time and tell you just a little bit about rethinking life after 75 for her. So Bonnie, would you come and share? Thank you. I hope you don't think me rude. But this place is freezing for a... <laughs> For a warm church, you are terribly cold today, <laughs> and you were last Sunday as well. So I've learned to wear—I've learned to wear uh, those skinny things under your pants and uh, and several layers. But this morning, it, I would have to really preach up a storm to be get warm enough to stand here without my coat, and I don't have time to do that because <laughs> my husband told me I didn't. And I, <laughs> you because you're on a schedule to go home. And, and so, anyway. Uh, oh, don't we, we serve such an awesome God, don't we? Are you just, I'm just overwhelmed today with the awesomeness of God. Oh, I, I, I would love to preach a sermon, but like I say, he said I couldn't, so. Uh, and you notice he's standing here at my elbow. And he'll touch me from time to time to remind me that I need to hurry. But, you know, I don't pay any attention to that because <laughs> this is the only time I can't pay attention to him. Oh, okay. Oh, take my time. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a bad thing to say to me. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, in, in looking back, now that's, that's what I'm doing in, in looking. He's, by the way, he's delusional. He thinks he's retired. He's not. <laughs> He's gone. He, he teaches these courses, and then he comes back, and he spends hours and hours and hours uh, uh, um, correcting papers and things. So he'll have this. What I'm going through now, he will have to go through in a, uh, while, when he's 80 because he said he wasn't going to do it after he's 80. <laughs> and so that's another th three years or two years or whatever. How old are you, honey? Anyway, <clears throat> for myself, I am thinking 
about two special uh, two uh, issues in leaving Kenya, and uh, uh, and that was the colleagues, the Kenyan colleagues and and friends that I was leaving, and also what I was looking toward when I came back here. And so it was it was a difficult thing for me leaving uh, uh, leaving being a missionary, leaving Kenya, was, uh, was going against everything that I had ever felt in, in what I was supposed to do for God. And this all started when I was an eight-year-old child in, uh, down on 26th and, uh, uh, and F Street in Vancouver, Washington at Glad Tidings Assemblies of God. And uh, I was, there was a missionary speaker there, and he was telling us all about it. And then he said at the end, we need missionaries and pastors, and teachers rather, in Africa who will go. And I said, I will, and that settled it for my future. However, as you know, God's time and our time are not always on the same clock, as we are on a different clock this morning than yesterday. Uh, But his is even more off. I mean, no, we're more off than he is. <laughs> Sorry about that, Lord. <laughs> anyway, it took 29 years from the time that I was called to missions until I ever stepped on foreign soil. And there was a lot of uh, hell, hell and high water in between, and I don't have the time to, to even mention that. But God led me all the way. He had a plan, and he made sure that it happened. There, I, I wouldn't get discouraged about the circumstances from time to time, but I never once lost the knowledge, the assurance that he had called me and that I would go, and I knew that it would happen. And so it, to leave it was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, they say that we're told as missionaries that we're mission that uh, we've been missionaries too long when we recognize the faces in the uh, National Geographic, <laughs> and that perhaps <laughs> that perhaps is true. But it doesn't matter how long I was there; I still was not ready to leave, and so it was difficult. Besides the work, besides the work there, uh, which I miss greatly. Um, I think about the things I miss, and uh, I miss their contagious smiles and their uh, and, and and their open hearts, and I miss their hugs. Oh, hallelujah! But I came to this church. You know why? Part of the reason I wanted uh, this church to be our home church is because we had this uh, uh, ebony hugger at the front door almost every Sunday morning, and not only was he a symbol of the people that I love, and and we left there. But we're actually, honestly, and goodness, honest to goodness, we're even related, and that's even better because uh, Chuck's uh, cousin Karen is Ed's uh, wife. Ed's wife, thank you. And so, <laughs> but uh, so I'm always blessed with that, you know. And then this church has such a wonderful. Um, flavor of, of uh, nationalities, you know. Uh, however, I, I must tell you something, okay? And uh, 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 I miss the singing and the dancing in Kenya. Um, and uh, you're good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 
But, you know, you just, lo- you just lose a little gusto in the dancing part of it. <laughs> I think you should get Buki and Christian up here. <laughs> they know how to dance. They're Nigerians, and Nigerians know how to dance. And Mama is with them, you know, the mother-in-law. Uh, I mean, Christian's mother is here, too. And so they could really show you how to dance. Yes. <laughs> and so, but uh, other than, well, you know, I can't have it all. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Anyway, um, some of the things I miss is the ease in time in their relationships. You know, they say that the Wazungu, and that's what they call uh, white people, uh, Wazungu have, the Wazungu have all the watches and the Kenyans have all the time. And that's a sad, sad scenario, but it's true. The W-A, WA, puts that into the people's class, uh, and uh, so... Uh, the people's class um, is is important, and so then Zungu uh, just kind of simply means that they uh, run around in circles, you know. <laughs> uh, and so what they're what they're saying when they call us the Europeans and the white people uh, when they call us Wazungu is that we're we're just running around in circles like chickens with our heads cut off, <laughs> and so <laughs> and that's the truth. Sometimes, you know, I'm sure. Uh, that we do a lot of extra uh, moving around. But anyway, um, sometimes I miss things that might seem silly to you, uh, depending on your standpoints. But the sights and the sounds and the, and the smells, the odors, are what makes it familiar, what makes it home to me. And I know those of you who have, are from other countries, you, you realize that, you know that. Uh, we go by an Asian restaurant and we smell that, you know, because, uh, excuse me, uh, in in uh, Nairobi, it's a it's a it's a uh, hub city, and so we have a lot of different things. But Asians are one of them because there's a lot of Asians that live in that country too. But anyway, uh, it might seem silly uh, to you, but to me, when I'm when I just am thinking back and remembering all the different things through the years, I I just I miss the birds singing at four o'clock in the morning. And I, I miss the dogs talking to each other at the, in the village. Uh, and it's like that uh, 101 Dalmatian movie, you know, how they, they actually do that. They talk back and forth to each other, and, it, it, and, I, and I miss that. And, you know, I miss the bougainvilleas and the poinsettias, the beautiful flowers. There. They have uh, poinsettias, you know, I thought came in these little, little things. They have them that grow 8 and 10 feet tall. I'm not exaggerating. They're just, oh, anyway, I miss them. I miss them. Uh, I miss, <laughs> I miss the fruit bat or the ding bat. It, it's the one that makes the ding every time it, uh, I don't know, catches. I guess uh, a fly or whatever they catch at night. Um, anyway, it sounds like somebody hitting a hammer, a, a nail into the into the uh, uh, railroad tide. You know, it's ping, 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 and once you get used to it. Otherwise, it keeps you awake. But once you get used to it, I, you know, it's gone now. I just, I just miss it. It's silly. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, but And then, oh, I love to go into a busy room. And, you know, they all smell the same. The body odor is just so, it's just, it just warms my heart. <laughs> I, I mean, this is the truth. I was in the, uh, in the Portland airport. I thought, why am I so happy? Why am I so happy? And I was looking around, and here was a group of ladies. They were all together there, and someone had come from a foreign country, and uh, they all smelled the same. It was that wonderful body odor, and I just, oh, it just, well, it just warms my heart. Sorry about that. 
I was raised on a pig farm, and I miss the smell of pigs, too, so what can I say? Careful. I miss the big smile on our worker's face, Esther, when I give her the, the old um, uh, telephone book that, that, uh, that I'm through with, uh, because, um, well, the pages are so much softer than newspaper or corn cobs. I mean, she lives in the slums, and, and amenities are limited, and so, you know, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> She takes every advantage of everything. Uh, anyway, I just, I just plain miss most of all of it, most of all of it. And I wasn't ready to leave. But the Lord has done something in my heart this year that I've found that now I have taken all the things out of the cupboards that I was not willing to even look at, the wonderful gifts that they have given us, and I have them in every single room of the house where I can see them, use them, and enjoy them. And so God is, he is, he is preparing me. We leave Wednesday, and by faith, I'm ready to say goodbye. Anyway, the other issue was what I was going to be going to. And uh, uh, before we left Kenya, I prayed, I, I, sincerely, I prayed that God would give me something to bring to America, and he did. He, he, he burned a, a theme deep in my heart, and I'm staying true to that theme in that every time I speak, I'm asked to speak somewhere, or I'm, uh, I'm, I'm teaching somewhere, or I'm uh, even in personal re- uh, uh, relationships, I am staying true to that theme. But it was that, um, but there was something else, something was missing. And, uh, and I, uh, if you... Uh, heard me some months ago, I talked about uh, the wonderful opportunity that we had to go to uh, MRAP, which is uh, a uh, counseling uh, center for the Assemblies of God at, for missionaries and pastors. And uh, uh, because we were retirees, our, um, our uh, theme was to finish well. Mm-hmm. Well, to tell you the truth, by the time I got here to America, I, fi- I felt like I was already finished. <laughs> And that I didn't have much left, uh, left to, to, to go. But um, i got to find me. Um, but the Lord renewed my spirit. He gave me new vision. And now I am just rip-roaring ready to go. So <laughs> come with me. <laughs> uh, I believe that the last chapter can be the best of all. They told us that, and now I believe it. And that God has that for us. Uh, and then just lately, I read something that I it was so prof, uh, prof, it was so purposely um, uh, written, and it's a devotional by Stephen uh, Furtick, and I I just have to share it with you. I just have to uh, read it to you because uh, it, it 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 just hits the mark. To say that someone is called to full time ministry suggests that others are permitted to do part time ministry. There is not such a thing as a part-time Christian, and there is not such a thing as a part-time ministry. No matter who pays your salary, we are all full-time employees of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And whatever we work at is our ministry. We are all marketplace missionaries. We are the image of God within our influence. Can you imagine that? The image of God within our influence. Um, that's an awesome responsibility to be the image of God. And um, uh, here's what I know for sure anyway now at the end. 
I do not need a title uh, to be who God wants me to be. Uh, all I need is a direction day by day, day by day, moment by moment. All I need is to be part of the saints who are being equipped for the work of the ministry. And that is those being fully qualified for service. That's what he's making us, fully qualified. I'm one of the uh, many at Heritage who God is preparing through our pastors and teachers. And can you imagine? Can you imagine how awesome this is going to be when we all get in gear? Hmm? When we all get in gear and impact our marketplace. Hmm? Impact our marketplace every day. I say, Lord, let it be. Let Amen. it be, and he will, he will, he will, because it's, because it's his will. Uh, I, he starts with each one of us. Let us. Let it start with you and I, each one of us in this room, to be that what God wants us to be. Uh, uh, are we together on this? Am I, am, I, am I saying things that are heretic? No. Or is that a word? Is this heresy? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It's the will of God for Amen. this church. And, and it fits with your vision. You know, that's why I get so excited about this church. I, our visions are so much alike. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something when you're seeking the Lord that you have the same visions? Okay. Any, anyway, in closing, I say St. Francis of Assisi is, a, is a, attributed to saying this. He says, uh, help us to do all we can to preach the gospel everywhere we go. And if necessary, use words. Mm. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for, uh, as Chuck said, for uh, letting us come into this family and being such, um, feeling so at home. You're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. God loves you. I love you. And anybody who would come here loves you. Okay. Thank you, Bonnie, and may God help us to preach the gospel. And we do that through wor- words sometimes, but through our lives and through your giving. And so let me encourage you as you, as you think about this uh, missions pledge, missions uh, faith promise uh, for next week that the Lord will direct you. Even while we were missionaries, we made commitments and we still uh, fulfill those commitments to, to missionaries that are on the field. Of course, first of all, our two sons, uh, but we have others too. And uh, uh, our commitments, were, because they were started there, we have to go direct, but we'll, we'll see how we can make sure Heritage gets credit for it even. Uh, but anyway, I encourage you uh, to pray about your commitment to missions uh, uh, in the coming year, that the Lord will direct you. And uh, in, in just the last uh, couple minutes I have, let me give you an outline of, uh, of my message, Rethinking Life After 75. And if you're, under se- if you're not over 75, please don't get up and leave because, uh, you know, we have to rethink life maybe at 15 or 25, 35, 45, 55. But thank the Lord, we can, we can rethink life. Let me just show you some things that I've collected. You know, I've collected more, and I don't have time to show them all to you. But, uh, uh, you know, anyway, let me show you some things I've collected from time to time uh, that talk about rethinking life after 75. Uh, okay, let's look at the first one if we can. Uh, if, you've gr- if you haven't grown up by the age of 50, you don't have to, okay? So, <laughs> so remember that. Um, and then this one. Uh, 
what, the next one, what, uh, don't let aging get you down. It's too hard to get up, uh, okay? Uh, I thought growing old would take longer, didn't you? <laughs> okay? Uh, uh, I've decided I'm not old, and that's true. You know, I'm not old. You can, I'm getting older, but I'm not old yet, so don't, don't say old man, okay? Uh, I'm 25 plus shipping and handling. <laughs> Okay, I've reached an age where my train of thought often leaves the station without me. <laughs> and, then, and then here's one I found recently. The older I get, the more I have in common with computers. We both start out with lots of memory and drive, and then we become outdated, crash unexpectedly, and eventually have our parts replaced. <laughs> now, here's one, here's one that's a little more serious. Respect the old when you're young. Help the weak when you're strong. Confess your faults when you're wrong. Because one day in life, you will be old, weak, and wrong. Okay. <laughs> and then don't regret getting, growing older. It's a privilege denied to many. And how true that is, we've seen that even recently. Uh, and, uh, so, and then this one, I think about this every day. As long as you keep waking up in the morning, it's evidence that he is not through with you. He still has a ministry, a work for you and me to do. Amen? Praise the Lord. You know, I have a goal of uh, reaching at least 94 or maybe even 100, uh, you know, but my life is in his hands. He knows. And your lives are in his hands. May God help us. Well, let me just give you uh, an outline uh, of, uh, and an example. Caleb, you know the story of Caleb, a man who was still going strong at the age of 85. And the key was he had a different spirit. And you know the story about him and the 10 spies that went in and what they thought. They had a bad report, but he had a good report. He said, we can do it. And in Numbers 14, 24, it says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. In Deuteronomy 1.36, it speaks of Caleb. It said, I will give him and his descendants the land he set his feet on because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. They all saw the same thing, but Caleb had a different spirit. He had a spirit of faith instead of fear. May God help us to have a spirit of faith instead of fear. Amen. And I don't have time to tell you, but you can, you can read from Scripture where when Jesus was on the, on the Sea of Galilee with the disciples and the storm came up, he was sleeping in the boat, and they, the disciples said, don't you care? And he said, oh, you little faith, don't be afraid. May God help us. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. May we have a spirit of faith instead of fear. Caleb also, he had a spirit of victory instead of defeat. While others said we can't do it, he said we can. You know, if you have a spirit of defeat, you'll be defeated. But God promises us victory, doesn't he? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. He had a spirit of prayer while others had a spirit of criticism. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses uh, and uh, Aaron, and the whole assembly said to him, if only we had died in Egypt or in this desert. Moses and Aaron and fell on their faces. Caleb and Joshua tore their clothes. You know, it's a lot easier to criticize, isn't it? And there's plenty to criticize today in the world in which we live. But may we pray 
We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for this country. We need to pray for other countries. May we have a spirit of prayer instead of a spirit of criticism. He had a spirit of complete obedience while others had a spirit of rebellion. Joshua and Caleb admonished the Israelites, do not rebel against the Lord. But they talked of stoning Moses. But my servant Caleb had a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. Instead of rebelling against authority, we need to wholeheartedly follow the Lord. Everything acts according to its spirit. These lights are, 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 are lit and, you know, almost blinding my eyes because there's electricity. <laughs> but if the electricity goes off, it would be dark in here, wouldn't it? You know, in, in, in Kenya, especially in the villages, they have lanterns. And in order for those lanterns to be lit, there has to be oil in them. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit within us in order to bring light to the world in which we live. Do not be drunk in wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit because you'll act according to the Spirit that is in you. The secret source of following God is that we have a different spirit. And may that be true in our lives. And because Caleb had a different spirit, the Lord blessed and rewarded him. He brought him into the land of Canaan, Numbers 14, 24. And, and while others died, Caleb continued to live. Joshua 10, 14, 10 and 11 tells us. And while others were punished, Caleb was rewarded. He was given Hebron, the place of fellowship and communion, a most powerful stronghold where Abraham pitched his tent and God spoke to him face to face. That's what I want, isn't it? What you want? A place of fellowship and communion with God. A stronghold. We need a stronghold today because the battles we are fighting are too big for us. So we need a stronghold. We need a place where we can speak with God in personal communion with him. May that be true in our lives. May we have a different spirit and follow the Lord wholeheartedly. May we have a spirit of faith instead of fear. May we have a spirit of victory instead of defeat. A spirit of complete obedience instead of rebellion. May that be true in our lives. A spirit of prayer instead of criticism. May God help us to have a different spirit. Amen? A spirit of giving, a spirit of going, a spirit of praying, a spirit of doing whatever God asks us to do in order to preach the gospel here in Vancouver and around the world. May that be true. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your work in our lives. And God, I pray that you will help each one of us to have a different spirit, Lord. May we have a spirit of faith instead of fear. May we have a spirit of victory instead of defeat. May we have a spirit of prayer instead of criticism. And may we have a spirit of complete obedience to you instead of rebellion. Guide and direct us, Lord, as we continue. Bless this church, Lord, as, as it continues to reach out in this community and around the world. God, speak to our hearts as to what you would have each individual give in the coming year towards missions, that your work will continue to grow forward and we will continue to preach the gospel of the kingdom to all nations in this world. We ask it in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Brother Chuck, Lord Lord bless you, my friend. Bless you. Thank Thank you you. for being with us. If you want to stay for the second service, folks, I know Bonnie well enough to know that she'll be different. (laughs) Stand with me, if you would, please. I think I got it. I don't know if we said this earlier. We should have said it earlier. If we didn't, we apologize to you. We would like to bless Chuck and Bonnie. So there's some ushers at the door. And if you have, would like to share in their ministry, a check, an envelope, whatever, just feel free to contribute to the ministry of the Nessas as they return to Africa, as they minister in the name of the Lord. So I want to remind you of that. Nobody will stop you at the door. Nobody will, you know, put you up. But it's there, and we would like you to participate with us in blessing them. Father, thank you for the opportunity we've had today together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that we have been reminded so well again that we are the expression of Christ in the community in which you have placed us. Thank you. We bless the Nesses. We bless their trip. We bless the ministry that they represent and still represent in the name of Christ. And we bless the people in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here.